Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode one, season one of My Curiously Queer Life. Initially, this project was simply an app that I created, a means to earn some extra money to fill my dream of buying a small house in a tranquil forest for Duck and I. Picture this. A humble abode surrounded by nature's beauty, with a babbling creek and ample space for us to revel in the wonders of life. A place where Duck and I can quietly exist and indulge in the peace that we have created. Among the demands of everyday work and daydreams of my queer forest, I realized that to sell my app and persuade others to embrace my vision, they first needed to embrace me. They needed to know my struggles and why I believe this app to be a necessity to surviving the future as we know it. And so, here I am, bearing my life from its inception until this present moment. This is a story behind my decision on mental health as a career, the motivation fueling my so-called spiritual bullshit, as some haters would label it, and an opportunity for me to let go completely. Through this journey, I hope to be completely honest, moving further along on my path to inner peace and happiness, and maybe, just maybe, helping a small few along the way. That being said, I present this truth from my own understanding, my own perspective, and my own judgment. As I pour my thoughts into the pages I have written, I am aware of the potential interpretations that may arise. Some might see it as an act of self-centeredness, a mere indulgence of my ego, redirecting the discourse back into my own being. In the depths of my subconscious, there may be fragments of truth to this assumption, lingering like whispering echoes of who I once was. However, let me assure you that is not the essence of who I choose to be, nor the driving force behind my aspirations. My unwavering determination stems from a profound and resolute desire to be a potent energy of light in the world that seems to thrive in the dark. While others may perceive me through their own experience of existence, labeling me with notions of disingenuous intentions, I remain steadfast in my faith of something greater beyond the singular of self. I am driven by a flickering thought that surpasses personal gain an inner flame that compels me to inspire, uplift, and bring new expectations to those across my path. It is an honest yearning to illuminate the darkest corners of life, to extend a helping hand to any person's lost, afraid, or unsure of the life around them. You and I meet here in this moment. As I read the words I have written, words that have been said a million times in a million different ways by a million different beings across time's endless flow, it is in this space that we exist sincerely with pure intentions. We do the best we can until love, kindness, and understanding become a very ordinary part of our lives. I do all this to remind you that you have a choice in everything you do. You are not destined to be broken forever, to feel lost and alone. You can choose to be liked, loved, and supportive of those around you, especially those you've not met yet. Strangers give us an opportunity to be our best selves, free of past notions, dark ideas of who we are, and a greater opportunity to shine so very bright. Do not mistake my intentions, for they are rooted in sincerity and heartfelt convictions. I am here to shine a light, to be a beacon of strength and compassion, and, regardless of what others perceive me, I am resolute in my pursuit of making a difference of igniting positive change in the lives of those around me and allowing the dark of my past to be the foundation of a brighter future. 
May my words resonate deep within your being. And may they serve as a reminder that beneath any misconceptions, I do believe you to be the power of change. You are the seed of life, and you are capable of great things, but you have to choose. Indifference is a landscape of wicked and unintentional actions that hurt those around you. Wake up and choose a side. Choose to be kind and selfless in your actions. Choose to be helpful and understanding. Choose a better life that includes everyone. Release the constraints of your current conceptions of life and shift your attention to the endless possibilities that a brighter future is possible. By letting go of fixed ideas of what life should be, of what life is, you start to carve out a path of growth, fulfillment, and remarkable transformations. All you have to do is consider the idea of a better life and choose to move in that direction one baby step at a time. So, without further ado, let us embark upon this journey together, and I invite you into my life, my life as I have lived it, strange and curious. My name is Thomas St. James. There's something very enchanting and beautiful about the sound of this new name. I recently changed my name, a conscious decision to shed the burden of a damaged and tarnished family legacy, a legacy that has haunted my family for far too long. I currently reside in Vancouver, British Columbia, the perfect canvas for my future pansy forest. I live a solitary life with my loyal companion, Duff. Our existence is deliberately secluded, a choice that grants me the freedom to chart my own course at my own pace. During this self-discovery, I've come to recognize that I am an introvert apt at masquerading as an extrovert. I'm not plagued by sadness. I'm not broken or lonely. I'm not sitting around waiting for Prince Charming. For a partner at this time would disrupt the delicate balance I strive to achieve. I revel in the solitude, finding most people to be tiring, constantly searching for someone to rescue them, to bring happiness into their lives. I found these people to be increasingly unpredictable and so very concerned with hiding their shadows. Perhaps I fall somewhere on the spectrum everyone talks about, but I would never explore such diagnosis. I have made it this far and I am confident that I will thrive for the next 60 plus years. It would simply medicate me, erasing the essence of who I have become after 40 years of self-discovery. I do not seek a new self. I cherish the one I have cultivated and learned to love, shadows and all. My current profession is a rather unique one. I work in mental health community. It is a fulfilling and rewarding role that I stumbled upon during the pandemic. The community on the Lower East Side in particular provide a sense of authenticity that I find invigorating. The challenges faced here are genuine and honest. I find solace in playing a part, no matter how small. Long gone are the days that I spent in the service industry where the problems seemed contrived in vain. Those same skills that I learned in that industry, they now feel authentic and essential. They feel needed and important. I finally feel useful. In my leisure time, I indulge in gardening, baking, cooking, and writing. Duck is my constant companion. I genuinely wonder how I managed life before his arrival. He is truly my best friend. Forever joyfully extends kindness to strangers and fellow canines alike. I sometimes envy his unwavering trust and happiness in the presence of strangers. If only I could erase the awareness of the potential dangers people pose, perhaps I could blindly trust them once again? I think we should pause here for now, knowing there is so much more to come. 
The following pages unveil chapter one of my curiously queer life. May the narrative of my life bring you as much solace and enlightenment as it has brought me in its creation. I invite you into the dark corners of my life, and I hope you stay to celebrate the joy that comes from letting go. Chapter One of My Curiously Queer Life The Divine Mother I was born on March 17, 1980, at 7.21am in a small hospital in London, Ontario. My mother named me Thomas John Mark O'Connor, after all her brothers. Growing up, I always felt a special connection to my name, as if it held some deeper meaning for my life. I was a preemie. Born several weeks too soon, and they had to hook me up to machines to keep me alive. My mother, filled with worry and concern, prayed for me to be alright. In her early years, my mother faced a daunting obstacle. She had cysts on her ovaries and they eventually burst. The doctor's news was devastating. She was told that having children would never be in her future. I can only imagine the profound sadness that engulfed her upon receiving such diagnosis. The revelation that she might never be able to create a family of her own and surpass the parenting that she received from both her parents. Her dreams were shattered. It left her in a desolate place, wondering if there was any glimmer of hope to cling to, any reason to continue navigating through the darkness that clouded her world. Yet, defying all odds and expectations, she experienced the miracle of life. To her, this child represented a beacon of hope. A glimmer of light amidst the long, dark tunnel she had been faced to navigate throughout her existence. My mother, filled with worry and concern, prayed for me to be all right. Her prayers were answered. Father Thomas O'Connor came into the room and prayed for her sick baby to be okay. The coincidence of the name alone gave my mother the hope she needed to know that her new baby was going to be okay. Yes. The same name as mine, but I was born a name before he came around. That's the story and we're sticking to it. But this coincidence always gave me a sense of purpose, a belief that my existence was divinely ordained. I felt special, but the world would remind me as often as it could that I was not. So, I keep this story safe. I lock it away until I need it. It gives me strength when the world tries to take mine. The story of my name is a peculiar one. My mother fell in love with a character from a TV show called The Champ. I couldn't sleep last night. Know why? Because I let my son down yesterday, spent all the money on liquor. She was so captivated by him, she decided to have a son and name him TJ. So, Thomas John was the perfect fit. She couldn't leave out her closest brother, so Mark had to go in too. TJ is what I was known as until my 30s. Then I decided to go by my given name, Thomas, and then by my chosen name, Thomas St. James, in my 40s. This drive for identity was always with me and still is today. But I think now it's less of wanting to be someone else and more of accepting the evolution of who I am and letting go of the characters I had to be to survive. My mother, Patricia Marie O'Connor, known as Patty to her family and Trish to her friends. But to me, 
She was a super mom. My mother is a strong and resilient woman who raised me with love and an unwavering support. She was not given a great start in this life, and her father was a horrible human. His filth still hurts his family generations later. My father, who will never be named, was a mystery to me, but my mom always spoke well of him. She never put him down. I do meet him, but it'll be years later. We will get to that part soon enough. Whatever love I felt I was lacking from not having a father, my mother made up in truckloads. She poured so much love on me, I never questioned our family dynamics. As great of a mother she was, she too had her own battles to fight. As I grew older, my mother's struggles became more apparent to me. Life had dealt her a challenging hand, and she carried the weight of her hardships with remarkable resilience. There came a time when her burdens became too much to carry, leading her to the edge of despair. One stormy evening, long before Patricia was a mother, when the weight of the world seemed unbearable, when her father's hand became too much, my mother made her way to the ocean. Consumed by the darkness within her and around her, she contemplated ending her pain hoping to find solace beneath the crashing waves. As soon as she stood on the precipice of that fateful decision, a woman came up to her on the beach. This woman, with her ethereal presence, seemed to emanate a powerful aura of compassion and understanding. She reached out to my mother, her eyes filled with a profound empathy that pierced through the darkness surrounding her troubled soul. In a voice that carried the wisdom of ages, the woman spoke gently. It is not your time, dear one. There's still much for you to experience, to overcome, and to find within yourself. In that pivotal moment, my mother turned her gaze towards the vast ocean, its churning waves a reflection of her inner turmoil. With a newfound determination, she chose to confront her challenges head-on, to find the will to fight and persevere. When she turned around to express her gratitude towards this mysterious woman, she found the beach where the woman stood empty. It was like the empathetic woman had just vanished into thin air. And whether it was divine intervention, the rush of the moment, or the desperate thoughts of a young girl, it left my mother with a renewed sense of purpose and an unwavering belief that there was a greater destiny awaiting her. It gave her a glimmer of hope, something to hang on to, to push forward and survive her abusive father. From that day forward, my mother carried the memory of that encounter deep within her heart. She would tell us that story all the time, drawing strength from it whenever life's hurdles seemed too much. And it was this indomitable spirit passed down through her bloodline and embedded in her DNA and would give me the strength to survive my own journey and triumph over adversity. As I reflect on the story of my mother's encounter on the beach, I find joy in knowing that the source of my strength lies not only within myself, but also within the resilience and determination of those who came before me. It is this legacy that propels me forward as I navigate the path of my own existence, ready to face whatever challenges lie ahead, and there are many of them. I know the first part of this story seems to be more about my mother and less about me, and I'm sure Dr. Sigmund Freud would have a field day with all of this. But there is no her without me. 
She is the beginning of everything I am now. The good, bad, and the other. The choices and the bad mistakes I have made are mine and mine alone. Her job being a teaching mother ended a long time ago. But there will always be a piece of her that is me. There would be no story of Thomas if the story of Patricia Marie O'Connor did not happen first. I am not a religious person, not like my mom is. But after everything that has happened to me and to her in our lives, to be sitting here looking back on everything, I have faith in something greater than myself. Something has been watching over this family and guiding us for a very long time. I am grateful for that, and use all the bad and dark I have seen to keep pushing forward into the light. I am not writing this to sell you on God or religion. I have no belief in that belief system. I am writing this so I can say goodbye to all the hurt and pain. I am writing this to let others know that they are not alone. And I am writing this to all those I had to walk away from so they might see the truth and we can find a way back to each other. No. So we can find a way forward to each other. That's it for this week. I hope you will come back next week for another story about my curiously queer life. And remember you are not alone in this life. Coming together and sharing our stories is how we heal. It's how we find a future united. I found a place of self-love, self-discovery, and hope. And it's overflowing. I am sending the rest to you, whoever you might be. Fill your tanks and pass it on. 